and welcome to Creativity and Chaos, a 1L2N podcast. I am Amy, and we are joined by more people today. Mike? That I'm more? Well, compared to last week. Oh. Tommy? <laughs> I'm a lot of a person. And our bestest of guests, Liam. Yeah. That was very sad. Beautiful. Beautiful. You're okay. That was very sad. You okay, Liam? Oh, I feel too good. Very oh. tired. Oh. Well, before we get into that, we are a family of people going through the story writing process. We're bringing you along for the ride. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Liam, why are you not feeling so great? You act like I know. Wait, huh? <laughs> Usually. You act like I know why I'm feeling good. Is it your tummy? Nobody is it know, your head? I don't understand how people know that they're feeling, why they're feeling good. You just don't feel good sometimes. Sometimes you get a virus, you don't know where from or how. Yeah, but like usually if you're bleeding profusely from one area of your body, you're like, oh, a stab wound. That's why I'm not feeling well. Yeah, but like, that's is not it's... what this is. Well, I mean, I'm just ruling it out. So we can, can you... rule out stab wound. Can you name your symptoms then? Not feeling good. Oh, oh. no. You're going to die according to Webster's Dictionary. Oh, no. <laughs> Webster's Dictionary. Yeah. <laughs> Is everyone else dying? I, yeah, I am. Ask my, me how my week went. My Not- my back is killing me. I threw it out by trying to put on Louis' harness because apparently I'm old. So I just bent over <laughs> and it just like all of a sudden started shooting with pain. And that was like five or six days ago. Did you make a dad noise when you did it as well? You bent over and you're like, oh, did you do that? Uh, probably, but I don't really remember doing it like that. I just remember going, ow, and then it's been hurting nonstop. So I've been doing a lot of stretches. I got like this massaging heat thing on my back right now, which is making it numb and tickle. That's fun. Yeah. Good stories. Yeah. I started rollerblading this week. All right. I had a friend who she rollerblades quite often. She also skis very often. She would ski during the winter and then rollerblade during the summer. So I was like, okay, yeah, I'll join you because you've been you've been wanting me to. And I did, and I fell on my ass four times in a row, like going down a bumpy hill. I'm and so I have proud. like a little, I got a little cast on because Amy gave it to me because my wrist hurt really bad after it. But it was a lot of fun. Like once I swallowed my pride after embarrassing myself, falling four times in a row, I kind of like got the hang of it and it was it was a lot of fun. Like I was like, oh, rollerblading around town's like it's it's like an in-between bike and walking. I don't know. It's it's great. I'm also pretty sure it's called swallowing the ground and not your pride. <laughs> I did a lot Damn. of ground swallowing, that was for sure. <laughs> yeah, was, uh, that was super fun. I did that I think two times this week, and I'm going to do it probably another two times next week. It's thrown off my workout schedule just a little bit because I don't want to lift weights. If I do that, I'm going to screw up my wrist even more and I ain't here to injure myself more. But yeah, blading is fun. Y'all should do it. I'm the type of person that if if I'm going to go out and do something like rollerblading where I have very bad balance, I want to have the wrist guards and the elbow pads and the knee pads and everything that's going to already help me avoid another back injury type thing. I don't care how I look. I care about how much fun it is without me getting destroyed. Yeah, I'm going to hard pass personally just because I am very injury prone. And anytime I've gone ice skating or rollerblading, I've injured myself in multiple ways. So I'm just, you know, I think I'll just pass on that one. There's other things that I can do. It'll be fine. But we could always go blading or skating, you know, like that's always fun too. Like I said, y'all can go skating. I will Uh, be the uh, mom on the sideline drinking wine out of her water bottle saying, good job. <laughs> I really want Tommy to be part of a rollerblade gang. Oh, I that'd be that'd real be fun. Great. 
I'm not even lying. The the thing we we said we were like we could create a little gang and then we just have to get the skate gang out and then we'll have a rivalry and th- it will be fantastic. <laughs> I think you should wear leather outfits, but because you're rollerblading, it has to be like short shorts for leather and <laughs> just like a vest maybe. I don't know what the hell. Okay, would be, but you got to come up with a catchphrase. <laughs> yeah, we did run around yelling our catchphrase oh my gosh the traffic's gonna be pissed in the city that's good what would our catchphrase be it's gotta be something like really cheesy and horrendous like every time you hear it you just scoff it's gotta be like a dad joke uh the blades parades i don't know (laughs) (laughs) thank you blade parade yeah Yeah, blade parade yeah (laughs) all right we'll come back to that okay i'm gonna get a name for it amy what you do I had an interview this week, which is very scary. Uh, It was for a job that I don't know that I'm particularly qualified for. Don't know if anything's going to come from it, but it was very scary because a lot of the work that I've done in the past has been behind the scenes, heavy lifting or making things or moving things around. Not really a professional setting, but this one's definitely way more of a professional setting. And I felt very out of my element. So. It'll be interesting to see what comes of it. So maybe by next podcast, I'll have a yay or nay. It would be interesting to see you in a professional environment because I just don't, I don't understand how that would work. <laughs> like, <laughs> which is, I've, that was my first major job is I worked for a military moving company and I was their export manager and I took care of all of the cars that we were exporting overseas. And I also like I actually answer, answered the phone calls like I it was a very professional job that I had. But the job itself was an absolute train wreck. So or the, <laughs> the company itself, I should say. So I've done it before. I just have since then done so many like hard labor jobs that I'm still like, I don't know what I'm doing with mm. what's happening. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. I did sneak in 1L2N. I was like, hey, so like <laughs> 1L2N. <laughs> they were asking me about advice and I was giving advice that you guys have given me. They're like, what's some advice that you've taken to heart? And I was like, well, actually, my siblings and I have a company. And <laughs> so they're like, oh, tell us about that. And I was like, that was probably the most passionate I was talking in the interview was about one else who ends. So at least they know I'm passionate about something. And we'll see what happens. That's all. That's all my week. Well, hopefully you get it. I hope you did the hair flip as well. What you're saying. <laughs> well, let me talk about one else who ends. Like, I hope you did that on camera. <laughs> yeah. Did you say whoosh while you flipped your hair? I did. No, she I had said someone else said whoosh. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. No, it's yeah. I have like a sound bite for it over here that I just I hit the button is whoosh, <laughs> and then it went. Boo, 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 boo. Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah, this is what we want our company associated with. This is Absolutely. awesome. <laughs> I'm sure those sound bites definitely got me the job. Oh, they must have. Like, wow, she knows her stuff. <laughs> Anyways, moving on from this week. Whoa, 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 whoa. We have one slacker who didn't didn't talk about their week. Uh-huh. He just said he didn't feel good. Liam, how was your week? I was all right. <laughs> Sweet. What happened this week, bro? Went to school. First week of school. It's not a good school. It's pretty, pretty not that great. <laughs> no. And that's all yeah. that happened. Is there something I'm missing? <laughs> yeah. Pretty major, pretty major thing you missed. <laughs> Did you blow out any candles this week, Liam? Oh, I'm a birthday. I didn't blow out any candles. <laughs> I'm going to leave that, that pause. Timing down. <laughs> yeah. 
You have to leave that pause there. <laughs> Happy yeah. birthday. Happy belated birthday. Yeah. Liam, I still have a little bit of cake left that I baked for you. Okay. Uh, so anytime you want to go your cake. grab it. Don't want it. Why? It's delicious. Because cake is terrible. Who eats cake in 2022? Aaron and I. At the like, age that y'all are at. A lot of people. Oh, yeah. Aaron <laughs> and I would, would eat <laughs> cake nonstop. Uh, cake is delicious. Uh, cake is overrated. Unless it's ice cream cake, then it's like, eh. It's hard to find a good cake. You know what I'm saying? What kind of ice cream cake, though? Because they got, like, different kinds. It's any kind. They got all chocolate. All Just any, chocolate, any ice cream. What about uh, an ice cream cake? Vanilla. Cake plus ice cream equals good. Caramel. Tommy, why do you talk? It sounds pretty good. Well, how, did you have a good birthday? It was all right. At school. What did someone here get you that you really loved and you wanted to tell everybody about? I never said I wanted to tell anybody about anything. Oh, okay. Well, then I'm going to that out. <laughs> you're just making stuff up now. You're lying. No, Tommy got me a, a map of Westeros, which is pretty cool. It's really big. And he said he got the smallest version. I'm like, how is it the smallest it when it's like the size of me? But yeah, it's really nice. Got a lot of details. Like it a lot. Didn't, didn't expect it. Didn't know I was getting anything. And he didn't say anything about it. Oh, I'm the type of person who always says, "Oh, I'm so excited for the gift I, I'm." <laughs> yeah, and it's not definitely. it's not to get like attention to be like, "Oh, look at me, I'm so cool, I'm giving you a gift." I just really like giving gifts, and I can't shut up shut up about it. I'm like, "Take this gift, take this gift." This one in specifically, I knew Liam would love because it had the house crests, and then a little bit of the family lineage, and then their actual saying, like their motto. So right there, it was like it was an immediate W, and it had I think it was is it eight. <laughs> Eight different crests, something eight different like families, cow. something like that. It was really, like it was, nine, I, think. I don't know. Yeah, I think the reason why I really wanted to get it to you because I knew you were reading the books, and I think it would be really fun to read the book and follow along on the map. Like that, yeah. that's just just have another visual besides the show. So yeah, it was cool. Are you gonna look at the map while you're watching Got Hot D? No, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> it's only one place to look at, so. Well, they might expand out from there, you know. <laughs> okay. I don't I don't think they will. I mean, they might like every now and then for like a random scene, but I think they'll mostly take place in one area. Mm. It's creative prompt week. Woo! That's the smoothest transition I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I'm glad it was your birthday this week. Happy birthday. Very excited that you're getting older, closer to death, which is always exciting. <laughs> mm, mm. Happy birthday. Happy injuries to both of you. Thank you. It is a creative prompt week. <laughs> so scuffed. I know. So badly Whatever. done. I love so that so much. Done. I love that so much. It is a creative prompt week, though. And this past prompt was Mirror. Now, here at 1L2N, we like to have a creative prompt word where we take the word and we are, use it as inspiration to create something throughout the month. So we kind of do it the first of every month. And we want you guys to participate too. So if you've participated in past creative prompts or if you want to participate in this one or this upcoming one that we're going to start after this podcast, please let us know. You can head on over to our website, one out 2 productionscom and show how you can submit your own projects there or tweet us all of your creations. So you can sing, you can write, you can paint, you can dance, whatever it is that you would like to do and you want to share it with all of us. So our current word, like I said, was mirror. So who wants to go first? Uh, Liam, why don't you go first? I got you. All right. So 
you're walking into a room and you look in a to your a direction and you see a mirror and you look at the mirror and you point and you say hey that's me and you leave the room you just encountered mirror oh <gasps> shit that's deep participation oh it's really good <laughs> we have an encore you then try to exit the premises and you see a window and you see a reflection of yourself in the window and you're like is that a mirror and then it, it's uh it's a to be continued you know you got a cliffhanger oh, is it, oh is it not? yeah oh, oh even better that was really good thank you thank you thank you just wait till you see the third one the beginning right. of the mirror a true artiste <laughs> oh. the mirror verse <laughs> hey it could be just add on a little bit to that story every every challenge <laughs> Yeah, you encounter a different word. (laughs) (laughs) You go outside and there is rain. Wow. (laughs) I'm like, I feel like you should go next because I don't think anyone can follow that up. And I definitely don't want to. Okay. So here is uh, something that Amy and I have made. Nah, I didn't make it. Enjoy? Question mark. within your eyes I am the final reveal when wearing your disguise when no one else will look your way I'll give you reasons why believe what you want for I refuse to lie Take my word and know without reprieve Your secret's safe with me Queens sit upon their thrones They all willingly let me in their homes Practice words, confessions made Together or alone I remain observing you quiet as a stone Tell me everything and be set free Your secret's safe with me Your suffering masked with loving care. I see your aging face, the decline laid bare. Fix your tears, save yourself. Show me your despair. An agent of vanity, 
I am everywhere. You cannot run from what I make you see. I show the joy and spare no misery. I'm no harmless glass from fantasy. But don't you worry. I'd have to say that, you know, my story is probably still a little bit better, but I'd give this like a good thumbs up. <laughs> Your story was deep and ours was just silly. So <laughs> I get it. I, uh, real quick, I love the creativity in this, Mike. I thought it was so cool. I love the, the whole like jazzy vibe to it. And I really, really enjoyed it, and I really liked working on it, too, because it was fun to just kind of create stuff and, like, I hope you like it. So I think it turned out really well, and it sounded really good. And, yeah, really, really good job. Good job, Mike. Yeah. It's not too bad. I know my voice isn't great, and it's pitchy at some points, but I have been listening to a lot of Randy Newman lately, and I realized that I think he's one of the most fearless songwriters out there, not only in terms of his content, but his voice itself, you know, he's got a, a unique voice, but he just sings. He goes for it. And mm-hmm. so I knew that, you know, my voice isn't great, but whatever. I'm just going to sing and go for it and have fun. So that's kind of what I was trying to push myself with in this one. I think it shows for sure that you at least were having fun. I, I know a lot of the times, especially when you're re-listening to something, I, for you specifically, you're very critical on almost everything that you do. So I bet you were having fun in the moment. But then you were super critical on yourself as the time went on. But I don't know. It feels like you were having fun yeah. with the song. So uh, at least that's showing. <laughs> I've got to convince Aaron that we have the space for an electric guitar so that, <laughs> that, that those guitar lines wouldn't be as robotic and they would be real as opposed to just, you know, MIDI keyboard. That is whatever. Yeah. I mean, I, I liked it. I'm glad you also used our new VST in it. Yeah. Times. Just that last, uh, it was gliss down or was it gliss up? It was a gliss up. That gliss up was, mm. it's like, it's like the perfect way to pull you out of the lyrics again and just let you listen. Yeah, it was pretty fun so, to make. Yeah. Amy did a great job. She came up with so many more vocal lines and just said, use what you want. So I kind of chopped it down. So it was, it was a good time. You know, maybe we can have that as a demo and some famous artist can actually come and make a song off of it, which would be pretty fun. <laughs> that would actually That'd be, be awesome. really cool. Yeah. Well, we'll just become a demo company. Yeah. I mean, honestly, make decent money off of it. If you got to think about it this way, like nobody here is a professional singer, right? You know, we, we can sing True. and it's fun, but we have our flaws, obviously. Yeah. But look at a lot of country music, like most country music that was originally or not originally made, but made in the golden era of Nashville all had, you know, songwriters behind those songs and they were not the ones to perform them. And I think it's kind of a two-step thing that you can create a song and write it, and then you can have somebody else perform it. And that performance can then set off a whole nother level of a song that you would have never thought of before. Yeah. So if you guys are interested, I was looking to um, a Nashville songwriter called Bobby Braddock because he's done just about any sad song that you've heard of. <laughs> Not all of them, <laughs> obviously, but then you, you realize the amount of people he's worked with and you go, 
oh, okay, now I understand that sometimes maybe being the songwriter has its own sort of reward because then you get to work with all these artists that are making it into something extra special. Anyway, that's my diary. Let's go to another one. All right, well, I'm going to go next. So mine's a little different. I did a poem. However, I have asked for two volunteers. So Liam and Mike are going to help me actually read the poem. And then I'll kind of talk about it afterwards. We'll tell you a story of little old Lee, who sat by the pond to sip on some tea, who brought their own bread to feed all the geese and spent their days relaxing with ease. We'll tell you a story of creepy man Lee, who crouched by the water slurping their tea, whose moldy old scraps they'd feed to the geese, scaring off folks from the village with ease. The pond was big and surrounded by flowers, the beauty serene and past golden hour. The enchanting little lot Lee left all amazed. They wanted this peace for the rest of their days. The waters were murky, more weeds than flowers. The beauty unsalvageable, hour by hour. Lee, the only one, this landed amaze, disturbing the peace most of the days. Well, Lee was quite old and soon to their end. The only wish they had was to be with their friend. The little pond so quiet, and Lee to watch over. The memory of their life in this place would bring closure. Well, Lee is old enough, but nowhere near their end. Lee's abnormal life haunting by their friend. The pond now so eerie, Lee is all but taken over. They're sure to leave a curse and bring no one closure. So there's my poem. The idea I had was two different people telling the story of the same old man and their perspectives. Same thing with like, when you look in a mirror, you can see one thing, but someone else can see a totally different image. Even though it's just a reflection of what you see, it can still be distorted. So I wanted like the same image of this scene to be mirrored in two different voices. And I tried doing it myself and it just didn't sound right. So thank you for helping me out because I actually think that that sounded way better than what I was doing. Yeah, I actually... I really liked that decision to make two yeah. different people read it, yeah. especially making Mike read the part he did and then Liam read the part he did. I was perfect. <laughs> yeah. I also do want to say that when I look in the mirror and see somebody beautiful, other people look at me and see the same thing, Amy. So <laughs> just clarification. It's all okay. <laughs> oh. Apologies. I forgot that oh. you're the one person who's the most beautiful thing on the earth. Apologies. No, I, I did like how it told two separate stories or two separate perspectives of the same story and used a lot of the same imagery or words from it. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was nice. I like that. I just wanted something different because I'm always doing songs or yeah. I don't know, whatever. So good. I was like, I was good. Well, technically you did a song this week. So. Ooh. Oh, Ooh. <laughs> All right. I got to right. go. Bye guys. The podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy, I think that leaves you left as the victim. Ah. The last victim. I mean, cause you're the we're last all victims. Victim. Of my stupidity, but continue.
just in time for spooky season. <laughs> I guess it is spooky, spooky vibes. Yeah. The S in September stands for spooky. Oh, is that what it stands for? Is that O in October stand for, ooh, it's spooky? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I, I I feel like every time you make something now, it just gets better. Like, yeah, that's good. Like, your, your production <laughs> quality always seems to go up just that's a little bit every time, which is always a great thing. And I never really know what to look for. But this one specifically, there was a lot of sonically interesting characteristics. And I know that it probably about a bunch of that. I know where the plugin came from, but I, I guess a lot of reversing was mm-hmm. something you experimented with quite a bit. So it's it's cool to hear something that I was not anticipating. So in typical Tommy fashion, I'm going to rant after one of my projects, but this one's going to be a longer rant. Wait, then can I just say what I want to say before you rant? Go for it. I really liked it. Definitely gave me like spooky vibes. It also felt like kind of risk of rain kind of vibes. Interesting. Hmm. But like, I don't know, like the beginning, like in a, a secret area or something. I don't know. I was off. Okay. That's all I had to say. Go forth with your rant. So... First of all, just to talk about the music itself before I go into what the music actually is. I wanted to have like very, very, very small mirroring effects. And obviously that comes to like reversing. I, re- I, I played something and then I reversed it. So towards the chorus part or like the climax of the song is the best way to put it. I reversed a note and had that same note playing in real time going at the exact same time. So it sounded like it was good, but it also sounded like it was reversing. So it was it was just a mirror effect, essentially what I was doing there. And then on top of that, anytime I did reverse something specifically with it was a Celeste and mandolin, I believe it is the reversed thing was swapped into the other ear. Hmm. So it was like Celeste would come in right ear and then it would reverse in the left ear. So I wanted to have like little mixing things here and there. But this is the start of something that I, I want to make bigger. This is actually boss music. For a boss that Liam and I kind of designed, which is a lot of fun. But I want to create a bunch of boss music for bosses that don't exist. I think that's a really fun concept. And then either before the music is created, we we maybe kind of get a visual of how the boss looks and then create the music off of that. Or then after the music is created, do that exact same thing is create a visual off of it. So Liam and I, just for a little bit, we're messing around with the idea of like what this boss would look like and where it would be. I kind of had this idea that it was like you, you, your character in the quote unquote lore would go in and you'd be looking for some kind of fortune or some kind of favor from this particular boss, but then end up fighting. But Liam and I came up with this is a very tall and pale slender woman with mostly black and gray. So she's not colorful whatsoever. And she's like got so many cuts around her body, but it's it's very much so any of them that you see are either because her clothes are raggedy, like most of her clothes, it's just covering her entire body. It's just long, drapey clothes. And she has like belts. She has a belt with random vials of liquid representing alchemy and then a rapier on her person. She basically just does a little bit of everything. And we had an idea that it was in this dome-esque shaped arena and the stalactites were made out of ice. So it was very mirrory. And basically, she would like mimic any of your moves. And we came up with the, the la- her last name, at least, was Silver Touch, is the idea that we had. We didn't really get a first name. So that was the idea we came up with. But then I actually contacted an artist, and they're still in the process of, of making this. But I contacted an artist, and I pitched them the idea. I said, would you be totally all right with 
doing this, exactly what I described. Uh, I was like, just keep in word, listen to the music and keep in word, the word mirror in mind. And they came back. They actually gave me a paragraph. They said, I visualized the character as a cursed lady who had been trapped in the chamber with lots of mirrors everywhere. She wears a big, fancy, creepy dress with her head covered by clothing. Her feet doesn't touch the ground because she's floating. She's so thin you can see the wrinkles on her hands. She tries to cover it up with gloves. Her emotions are mournful and pitiful. She likes to trick people who got into the chamber and trap their souls inside mirrors. The more souls she traps in mirrors, the stronger she becomes and the younger she looks. And the irony is, is she hates mirrors because she hates her looks, but it's also her weapon. And that's pretty much what this artist came back to me. And I said, okay, cool. I'm going to pay you to make that. Like exactly that. And that's what I did. <laughs> and they're in the process of making it. And by the time this comes out, it will be up on our website for you to see. But it was really just like a little bit of an experiment to see kind of the same thing Amy was saying. We all look in the mirror, but we all see different things. And this was this idea. If I presented one object, what would one person see that I didn't originally see? And you could see that there's definitely parallels to what, what we came to in the music. It was very like tall and thin and like pale. Those were things exactly that Liam and I came up with that this person came up with. But yeah, I don't know. I thought it was a super cool idea and I'm glad this person went along with it. That's excited. I'm excited to see the artwork. Just the their description of of the boss that you kind of created. I'm like, man, I want to play that boss. That sounds like a really <laughs> fun boss to play. It's all I all I told them too is listen to the music and keep the word mirror in mind. And they came back to me with that. They knew it was boss music because I told them, but that, that was it. I didn't give them anything else. I didn't tell them anything else. Like that's the paragraph that they came back to me. And I thought that was super fascinating that that's what they got from the music. And uh, I want to make a few more songs, but I want to do that again for like, uh, you know, a different artists. Like, how, how do you feel about this particular piece of music? And then I want to pay them to make it because <laughs> I think it's cool. So this, this leads me to something that I kind of want to talk to, which is about AI generated art. It's something we've actually considered doing, being that we are a, a small company and we don't have a lot of money to pay artists yet and, you know, get art out. And obviously AI art is cheap right now. But recently there was a, a news article that we read in Vice, or at least I read it and I linked it to everybody. Yeah. And it was about an AI generated artwork and how it won at a state fair art competition. It won first place in a digital art category. And, you know, a lot of people think it's quite controversial. There's there's a lot of different takes and opinions on whether or not this is a good or bad thing. And I kind of wanted to get your guys' feedback on that. I'll give you a little bit of my personal background with it before we go in and feel free to play devil's advocate or, or whatnot. I think when people see something like AI art, they automatically assume that it is replacing artists and it is a bad thing in general but i want to say that it probably isn't it is just changing the way current art is made for instance tommy and i use all digital plugins and all digital instruments when we create all of our songs and yes those those instruments were a lot of times recorded by an actual artist one note in one velocity layer at a time and then compiled by people but still it is a form of ai that it's software going, oh, you're playing this, so I'm going to go ahead and play those instruments back to you. And it has enabled Tommy and I to create the songs that we do without being able to you know, afford to hire an entire orchestra and a recording studio and, and map stuff out. 
Is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? I don't know. I, I think it's just a different form of art. And if you look at this article, and we'll try and link it um, in the podcast information, you know, a lot of people were upset by it. And the only thing that I see that could be changed in the future is this one first place in the digital category. But maybe what they should just do is make a digital category made by AI in their art competition. Because then, since it's now a separate category, you can go ahead and have AI-generated art compete against each other, have digital artists compete against each other, have you know physical artists compete. And it wouldn't be like one is taking over an entire medium. It would just be a different form. So from what I have heard about the AI art generator is that it's not just creating these images out of thin air or just by these prompts. They're taking pre-existing images and pictures and artwork to make these artworks. So I think that's why a lot of people are also upset because they feel like not only are you taking away jobs from artists, but you're stealing their work to create something all on your own. And there's no real way to credit it because they are using a bunch of different artworks all mashed together. So I think people are frustrated because it highlights something that a computer did rather than the artists who originally made that artwork. And I think that's why a lot of people have seemed upset. For me personally, I think the images that have come out of the AI art generator, absolutely gorgeous, absolutely beautiful. And I think it can be used as a tool to help further your art ideas, to help further actual creators' ideas, whether it's, you know, books, whether it's paintings, whether it's photography, whether it is digital art and you want to make something similar to that, whatever it may be. I think it's a great stepping stone to say, I have an idea. I just, I don't know. I, I, I need some more inspiration. It's a great tool for inspiration, in my opinion. But to use it as a base of operation for all of your art, I don't know that it's the right choice, especially because a lot of art is so underappreciated and a lot of artists, for me, I'd rather personally support an artist rather than a computer. And if I'm if I want to promote something of mine or I want to use something of mine, I want to have artwork to go with it, I would rather go straight to an artist rather than a computer to generate it. I will say that I I agree. I'd rather go straight to an artist to actually be able to to get art. I don't have the financial wherewithal to do that right now. So I do believe that this is a tool that could help people like us create artwork for a, you know, an orchestrated narrative or something. And until we can get to the point to then become a patron of an artist and actually give them money to create things. I do I think it's a stepping stone and it's a tool that you can use. I, I know that some people will be completely reliant on it for their their business models in general. But the other thing is that this artist that was creating this had to give the AI input and they used over a thousand mm -hmm. images and kept refining it to where it was. And yes, mm -hmm. the AI used inspiration from other art pieces, but it doesn't mean it directly copy and pasted those ideas. And I would say it's the exact same thing that we already do as artists. So for instance, that mirror song that I made was a 12-bar blues. And if somebody is upset that I'm doing a 12-bar blues, it's something they've already created. And I'm not giving uh, you know, a contribution to the artist who made the 12-bar blues. And it's, it's one of those things where 
we have to figure out what is inspiration and what is direct theft. And it's a hard conversation because, you know, it, it changes all the time in terms of what it could be. So for instance, DJs, especially in the 80s, like late 80s, early 90s, mainly when hip hop was really coming up, they would use snippets of other songs, but they would remix it. Is that stealing another artist's work or is it changing it into something that you've made yourself? It's a tough one to consider. You know, mm. I think the thing that people are so hesitant about here is the fact that AI did it as opposed to a human. Yes, because when you're when using your example of essentially, I feel like parodies or uh, uh, what's the word like samples of other songs. If you look at someone like Weird Al, who his whole career is making a parody off of a song that already exists, I would consider his art art. But then we bring the idea of a non-human creating things. It feels a little weird to us, maybe because it's very alien. I don't know. It's so interesting because it's like you said, this person did go through hundreds to two hundreds to thousands of different iterations. It says that he like I mean, he had also work in it. He chose his top three after a lot of sifting, printed them on a canvas and then used gigapixel AI to upscale it. So it's like clearly he was he was going through a process and he like there's a lot of human input that went along. But at the same time, or at least to me, I guess my initial thought and maybe I have to put more like thinking into it. My initial thought is like you, you know, you're using an AI to compete against humans. I mean, obviously, for the most part, that hasn't worked up until now. Like you you listen to an AI create music on its own and it's god awful. Yeah, but it is getting better. It, it exactly. And that, I think that's kind of the thing that we can look forward to in the future. We will be watching movies with the scripts that have been generated by AI and we will yeah. read books generated by AI and it will be something that we don't necessarily know is that way or it'll at least be assisted by AI and it's just the way that that it's changing. I do think the ultimate goal, like especially in our thing, if we use AI, we at some point have to stop and say, let's get some other artists in here because 1L2N is about raising a community of artists together. Exactly. And how can you do that if you are using your AI to make your art? Well, I think you can do it to start in the beginning, but just like when we record music, our goal is to eventually hire musicians to play this for us because I believe it sounds better and it's cool. But like you said in, in your, your specific thing, the idea that AI is competing against humans, I think if they just had a separate category at the fair and it was AI art, it would, yeah. have, it would have been a non-story. Nobody would have ever picked it up. Totally agree. If it would, it would be like, isn't this cool? They now have an AI category. Yeah. Yes. That's exactly what it would have been. There would have been no controversy. Yeah. I, I think the big thing, the problem is, is that somebody used AI and somebody didn't. And the somebody that didn't is upset because they did not use, or they, the person that used the AI used different tools than they did. And I think that's what makes it cheap. For some reason, we think the creative process of making art has to be the way that we do it and not how the person next to us does mm. it. I, I feel like my initial reaction is, yes, he. This is. let me get this out. Yeah. The initial reaction is like, but he didn't do as much work. Yes, he did multiple iterations, but someone who is taking hundreds of hours 
to digitally paint a beautiful piece of artwork compared to someone who's taking, I'll say, 20 hours to to type in words to create a new piece of artwork. I think that there is a difference there. I'm not saying it doesn't take a skill to try to hone down the AI choices that you're given. But for me, I think that's, it's not that an AI is doing it. I don't care that an AI is doing it. I think it's amazing and really cool. But I think when you let the AI do basically all of the heavy lifting, you're negating all of the work that other artists are doing. I'm not saying that this guy didn't put in work to get the best images that he could, but the work that he put in compared to someone who is going to hand draw all of like maybe the same exact kind of image, it's totally different amounts of skill and hours put in. And I would definitely say I don't think it should have been in the same category at all. Well, I think that's, that's something, you know, you have to think about when you're judging art is why are you judging it? Is it for the immediate reaction that you get, like visually with a painting like this? Is it the reaction that you get from seeing it? Or is it the knowledge behind it, knowing what went into it? Because those are two totally different things, right? You know, if, if we're saying that artists who put the most amount of time into their work should somehow be judged easier than somebody who creates a quick piece of work, it all of a sudden becomes a slippery slope type deal where we now go, well, okay, that person did a wood carving and that took them 200 hours to do. And this person did a stone carving and it took them 2000 hours to do. So obviously the stone carving has more value than the wood carving in the carving category. You know, just playing devil's advocate, obviously, but it's something that we have to think about while judging art. They also posed this very interesting question, and they said, what if we looked at it from the other extreme? What if an artist made a wildly difficult and complicated series of restraints in order to create a piece? Say they made their art while hanging upside down and being whipped while painting. Should that art be judged differently because that person put like constraints on them? But I think it's, it's, uh, it's two weird. different mediums. In my opinion, it's two different mediums. In this particular case, I think it's two different mediums that are being, yeah, they're both digital, but one is painting digitally. The other is inputting data because I think you just put in words and then you click generate and it will generate the art. So it's two different skills is what I'm trying to say. And that's why I don't agree. Yeah, I don't agree. I think it should have been a separate category. Absolutely. Well, I I think think a separate category would solve this, you know, dilemma people are are arguing about, but. I think that to to assume that digital artists don't use any kind of AI assistant in their art is is a, a bad thing to assume because if you go into like Photoshop and you smooth out a picture or something that is using an algorithm or some kind of what we could call AI because that's exactly what this is here it's not actual artificial intelligence it's just an advanced program to create art it is just doing it in a a reduced amount of work to the artist uh, yeah, but it's to me, I equate it to like a Google search bar compared to like digital painting like that. That's the the vibe that I get from those two ideas. I'm not saying that digital artists don't use technology or AI in whatever capacity they have to create artwork. I'm not saying they don't, you know, find a picture online and they sketch over. I'm not saying that they don't do that. What I'm just saying is that. In this instance, I think to judge those two artworks in the same kind of category to me is bananas because it's two totally different processes. And I don't think that 
they should be counted against each other because they are so different. And I think that there's there's less AI involvement with digital art compared to essentially a Google search bar kind of art. Well, do you think that... I don't. Di- I've never di- thought in my life. Digital artists <laughs> and non-digital artists have this exact same argument. Yeah, I think they do. Yeah, I, th- I think they, they had it at some point. Yeah. When somebody submitted digital art to a, a competition and it won over a non-digital artist. And then that's well, yeah, why categories again, got separated. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, absolutely. Yeah, I'm saying I, if you look at these images, and I know you already said this, they're gorgeous. They're really cool looking. Oh, yeah. And they're fun. But what is what is the ultimate validity of the art, I guess, is what uh, I'm saying. And I'm I'm saying that it does have its own unique validity that other art mm-hmm. doesn't. And it should be actually used and it should push the medium forward. So we're always trying to figure out what new frontier in art we can do, whether it be digital or physical or whatever. I guarantee somebody's going to look at this and go, I want to make that, but I'm going to do it physically. And I'll figure out a way to make something look cool like that. So I, I don't I don't doubt this will also inspire. That's yeah, that's a good point too. I imagine for anyone who's half decent at descriptive writing is they're going to get on this right away. Because being able to have a visual to your work instantaneously without using it for commercial rights, I think would tremendously help a bunch of people. Absolutely. Especially when you're trying to describe like a city and you're like, how the fuck do I describe? Like, I have a kind of vague image. Let me just use some references. It'll be fantastic for that. I'm not saying it won't. And I'm not saying it's not a valid form of art. I just think in this instance, it should have been separated or whatever. It shouldn't be in a competition. What do you mean? AI generated art shouldn't be in a competition. What if it had its own category? I mean, then I guess so. But I don't think there's reason to compete with AI generated art. I feel like it should be used for like personal reasons or business reasons or other reasons. I don't think it's something that you compete with, like how digital or canvas artists, like those painters, painters, canvas, whatever, same thing. I don't think it should be in a competition because the difference is is like digital and canvas requires imagination, requires a lot of imagination, requires a lot of thought and requires a lot of I don't know, a lot of like inspiration and stuff like that. And with AI, I don't think that belongs in a competition like the others do, personally. Yeah, I totally, I think I actually agree for the most part. I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Is this also to say that the person who went and spent around 100, you know, different iterations of describing the painting didn't imagine it that way the first time and were trying to use a tool to output what they were imagining in their heads to actual visuals, if you kind of get what I'm saying. I don't think it says it in the article, but that could be what his motivation is. I guess in my mind, my assumption, and that's on me for assuming, I would assume that you kind of say like, okay, I want space Victorian ball or something like that. And you have like an idea and you just type it in and then you're like, okay, no, I want it more space. Like, okay, deep space planets like you have an initial idea and then you take all of those iterations to help fine tune it so you have kind of just like a circle and then you have a circle with lines and you have a circle with lines and people and circle lines with people you know and it keeps adding on to it or adjusting to it whereas in my mind a digital painter or digital artist 
or, you know, a painter in general, they do have to use a lot of their imagination, like Liam was saying, in order to create those things. Now, they use reference points, but they're usually, if they're a good artist, not full-blown taking somebody else's artwork and making their own. They'll, like, look at a picture, be inspired by it, and then make it off of that. But again, that's assuming a lot. So, you know, I could totally be wrong in that. I think it's kind of the the same argument people have against abstract art. If it doesn't speak to you, a lot of people are going to make fun of it and go, they're just throwing paint on a canvas and it doesn't look good and it's cheap and it shouldn't belong in an art competition. But, you know, there are groups of people who understand that there is study that goes into making abstract art. There is people that spend a lot of time figuring out what other people have done and how they express it and the ways that they do it. And they make that art by by studying it deeply. And I, I think this is AI stuff is just another tool. I personally think it's great to have in a competition as long as it has its own category because it is a new form of art. It does require human input. And one day it won't require human input. It'll just keep going. That's going to be the, the I think that's the next scary step is I, I feel like I'm okay with it now. Sorry to cut you off. <laughs> no, that's I feel like I'm okay with it now because I know that it is a human that programmed it and therefore it's still its own form of weird art. But once you have, once you get further away from that, like an AI creating an AI that creates art, that's what I'm like, just getting a little weird. Yeah, it's it's something I think everybody kind of deals with in an artistic manner. At some point, you have to go, what is the validity of the effort that I put in? And yeah. other people are going to compare it to that. And if art is meant as an expression of an idea, and that, that's its core function is to express an idea to somebody, then I don't necessarily care how the idea was generated as long as it was generated in the or as as long as the the outcome of that generation is the best that it could be. So what if someone takes one of these AI generated paintings or pictures and paints an exact replica of it? Would that be considered stealing? Would that be considered I guess when you, when you think about uh, talent replications, we'll go right back to the weird owl sort of thing. Weird Al, as far as I know, got permission from all the artists to cover the songs that he did. Yes, he did. And he did it in a commercial way. He made a bunch of money off of doing it, but he got permission first. And I think the same thing goes for any kind of cover, you could say, is if you are going to take and repaint that picture and you were going to post it as, I painted this picture, you also need to credit the artist that did it, which in this case would be the guy who used the AI. And... Is it valid? Sure, it's still art, right? If if your representation of your idea was to make a copy of it but do it by hand as opposed to do it digitally, then there is talent in that inherently. But when it becomes almost a direct copy, that I think is when you need to credit the original creator or even get permission to do it ahead of time. Yeah. That's a good good question. I always kind of feel I was cuz we've been thinking about and I know Mike has wanted to talk about the AI for a while. It feels like cheating, wanting to use it. You know, it feels like we're cheating a little bit using it because I think it could be good for the business. But then we also want to be a business where we're cultivating artists and gathering artists and wanting it to ha- wanting to have this community. And so, I mean, if we have an entire community full of AI, I'm not I'm not mad about that. But I think we should probably get some real life people in there as well. Well, yeah. I don't know. I think, Does anyone else feel like it's kind of cheating or am I just. 
I, I understand that, but so I, I have a, a little personal antidote is that I, you know, I work for an electric bike company and a lot of bikers think electric bikes are cheating in general, which I kind of get. I understand because I feel like I was one of those people, but then it came around to the idea that it's it's. This opens up a realm of accessibility to people who otherwise wouldn't ever be able to bike normally. And I think to a certain extent, this person was using mid-journey or AI-generated art, whatever. AI-generated art in general is exactly that. It's opening up accessibility to people who don't otherwise have a very imaginative minds or just a crazy imagination in general. And I think when I look at it from that perspective, I guess I'm okay with it because... Some people will never get to, like, some people aren't, they don't have a good imagination. And I'm not saying that to insult them. It's just, that's the way it is. Some people have a great imagination. Some people don't. And if they can use this AI to experience that, I think that's pretty cool, I guess. I I will also say some people have an amazing imagination, but no means to express it. That too. Yeah. And this could help out in, in some aspect. And yeah, in the future... You know what? There is going to be probably in our lifetimes or even sooner like than we can possibly think. There's going to be an AI that is doing what we want to do by creating orchestrated narratives. And that's fine. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's fine because then it allows more people to tell their story. If we're looking at it from a business perspective and you know you you focus on it in like the capitalistic way, then obviously that's terrible because somebody else could make the same product we do, but then that means we have to innovate and make a different product and put it out there. But if you're just looking at it from a purely artistic standpoint of expressing ideas, I think it's a, a decent you know, way to do it. I mean, and, and people were saying the same thing about synthesizers and sampling music when they yeah. came out, like they were going to replace the orchestra and they were going to kill, you know, everybody's passion for classical music and stuff. And yeah, instead it, guitars, all of it. Yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> think about it. It creates a blend. Like if you listen to like Daft Punk stuff type stuff. It has a weird mixture of synthesized and organic music. And it's nice. And that would have never been the case if that tool didn't exist. So that's that's where I do see it ending up. I see people using the AI stuff to help them create a new form of art in general. And it will be an assist for it. But I could be wrong. Mm. Maybe it'll it'll take over and change and everything will be terrible and art will never be anymore and we'll cry. Love a good cry. Yeah, something. I feel like <laughs> this conversation could go on uh, like a very, very long time. I don't know. There's oh, there's yeah. so many moral implications that can mm. be used. I don't know. There's so many questions that you can ask through this. And I feel like this is going to happen like every decade. Something something big like this is going to stretch our minds again. And then we're going to have to ask the questions. What constitutes art? What constitutes judging what art is? So on and so forth. And it's like, I don't know. They're interesting conversations to have. Yeah. <laughs> I guess my my closing thoughts for it in general is if it allows more people to be creative, then I am all for it. Because the more people that can express themselves through creativity, the better I believe our world would be. Fair enough. <laughs> it's not even last word of the day, and you already gotten some good stuff out there. Since we did skip over it, I want to make sure that we get our next creative prompt word. First of all, thank you guys for your, your submissions. They were wonderful and lovely, especially Liam. I mean, out of left field, hitting me with like the deep, intrusive, like, whew. We all stopped really for good. a moment and we were like kind of surprised he was talking about the creative prompt. We were like, what's happening? I know, we were all like, is this happening right now? Did you hear our tears, listener? We were so, so excited. We were, oh choking up yeah we were very excited 
All right. So the next word is going to be chosen by, or the next prompt is going to be chosen by <gasps> me. Rigged. Rigged. No, we already did that one, guys. Oh, I thought the word was me. <laughs> Static. There you go. Static. There we Static. go. Static is the next. I feel like that's a bad one. That's going to be a bad one. Oh, boy. You know, that's the whole point of being creative. Yeah. Every time somebody has been like, oh, that's a terrible one. That's usually where I get the best inspiration. (laughs) (laughs) So true. It's so true. Except for this one. This one is going to be terrible. Oh, okay. Good. Good. (laughs) Well, if you listeners want to participate, please do. And if you did participate in this one, we would love to see what you have created and what you've made. You can hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Reddit. We are 1L2N Productions. Or you can go over to our website, which is 1L2Nproductions.com. We have a little whole page full of our creative prompts, and there's actually a submission page as well if you want to be featured. We would love to see what you've come up with. Thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you guys listening. What are your thoughts on AI? Have you created an army of artwork in your computer now that's all AI generated? What are your thoughts if you're a digital artist or a painter? How are you? What are your feelings on it? Let us know. And if you like what we're doing and you want to help show your support for what we're doing, for for what we're doing, if you want to help support us, you can head on over to our Patreon. That would be greatly appreciated. And the last word of the day goes to, who is this? Tommy, take it away. We're Arcade Blades, rolling into your hearts, one swipe at a time. (laughs) 